there's a war for your soul. Yes. The war goes on. Thank you, Jesus, for victory. Thank you. The battle belongs to you. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the captain of the host. Thank you for this month. We pray your divine blessing upon this precious, holy month of preparation, the Feast of Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Atonement, Lord God, the Days of Awe, the Feast of Tabernacles. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your feasts, for your truth, for your celebration. We thank you for health. We thank you for healing. We thank you for hope. We thank you for the revelation and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord God, for giving us eyes now to see, ears to hear, and heart to receive. Gather us together into this place of hope and and safety and shelter, Lord God, in our minds, in our hearts, Lord God, that we will walk in the fullness of your love and know that we are loved. And I pray today as we talk about health and healing that you would give us divine healing, those who need healing, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the love of God to set them free from their physical uh, maladies and, and illnesses and diseases, that you would bring divine healing, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, simply the power of your Holy Spirit to bring healing. So thank you again for truth, and not only truth, but truth that's applied to our real life and real world, Father God. Help us now. Give us your wisdom. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Marjorie, you have a new book entitled A Case for Healing. Yes. And in your new book, now I've got a bunch of questions for you today. Oh, I'm glad. All right. I'm excited. In in your new book, A Case for Healing, you take an in-depth look at the spiritual root causes of physical diseases. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that there is an invisible spiritual realm that is affecting everything here on earth in the physical realm? In the natural realm. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of people, you know, they don't realize that we are body, soul, and spirit. And so when they get sick, they go to the doctor. When they are mentally tormented, they go to the psychologist or the, uh, and then when they're uh, spiritually troubled, they go to the pastor. But these three elements are connected because we're connected. So what is going on in the spiritual world really absolutely affects what's going on in the natural world, including your physical health. And a lot of people don't look at that. They don't think or consider that as a possibility. And because they don't, they don't really get a full, true, accurate um, conclusion to a, a health issue, for example. Um, they, you know, go to the doctor, they get some, something to get, to deal with the symptoms or to maybe, uh, uh, you know, but there's not a cure. There's no real cures except the body itself that God gives us strength and heal to, to heal ourselves. But, uh, so many people are lost in that, that, uh, arena that they don't realize the deep and divine and deadly connections between what is going on in your spiritual world and what has what has gone on in your spiritual world, actually, the generations before you, and how that has affected your physical health and your abilities to recover, your mental abilities to um, uh, bounce back, your hope. Everything is affected by the agreements that were made in the spiritual world. And Satan is, of course, the god of this world. And so when you don't put him in that equation for healing, uh, healing just does not work. So... Divine healing. Now we've heard all kinds of there's there's you know so called they used to mock uh, faith healers. Mm-hmm. Or are you a faith healer? And um, you know there's different realms of of healing claimed by New Age uh, people right. and Psychic so forth. Mm-hmm. You know this is how this is the path to healing and this meditation and this. Mm-hmm. 
mantra and all this kind of thing. But, you know, uh, let's look in the pretty much the uh, fundamentalist Christian view of divine healing. Now, there have been fundamentalist, you know, believers, Mm -hmm. supposedly, that say, well, divine healing, we, we don't really have that now. Now we have doctors, now we have medicine, now we have surgery, so we really don't have that kind of divine healing or, or through prayer and through faith like we used to have. How well, do you respond to that? Well, divine healing is what we see Jesus doing in the Bible. He just basically straight out healed people. There wasn't a lot of questions. There wasn't an interview. There wasn't medications. There wasn't procedures. There wasn't treatments. There was simply his word, and he would speak and or lay hands on or you know command. And sometimes it was even so indirect that people would just simply touch him, and mm-hmm. they would be healed. Um, and so divine healing is divine healing. It's simple. It's clear. It's, uh, there's, there's no way to capitalize on it or, or convolute it or counterfeit it. But uh, because it's simply getting better, it's being delivered, it, it's being uh, relieved from the affliction, the torment. It could be a mental, physical, spiritual torment. It could be a tumor. It could have been an issue of blood with the woman. It could have been a leprosy. All of those things, both the physical and the mental things that Jesus dealt with, you know, casting the demon out of the, several demons actually, out of the young boy that had his father had brought to him, who we would probably say today was autistic or... Um, uh, and and some other traumatizing um, effects that were uh, afflicting not only him but his father. But today also, and because Satan counterfeits everything God has, we have the fate. We have, first of all, we have psychic healings, which are uh, demonically, uh, whatever, a, a, a psychic healing, I see it as someone who goes to a psychic or a medium for healing. Um, this is a, a frequent practice, especially, you know, in the outer edges and fringes of various uh, belief systems, where the people go and they get this medium that, that, that's been, you know, lays hands on or does a surgery or whatever, and they get better. The tumor goes away or whatever. But really what's happening there is simply an exchange of demons. The demon who was creating the cancer, for example, is replaced. He's kicked out of his position and, and a demon of um, uh, mental torment takes over instead. So the, the demons are just simply trading places in those psychic healings and this and with um a lot of the mockery that is divine faith healers and blah, blah, blah. I believe God has given us in the past men and women of faith uh, who actually were able, by the grace of God, had the gift of healing. And they were sharing that with people. And they got the word got out and people would come, come to see them. Mm-hmm. Like, um, mm-hmm. what was her name? That little... Uh, Catherine Kuhlman. Yes, thank you. Um, people would come and be healed. And it was actually almost almost ridiculous how it worked. To me, it was just so non-spiritual, and yet these people were healed. And and we have those things. But when we um, go to the doctor, the doctor doesn't say he can cure you. He just says he can help you, or, or maybe he can, you know, I, they have their abilities, and they are somewhat a gift to us. Um, but also at that point, we take a risk when you go to someone, if you don't get someone who really... Um, is wise in what they understand. And they, a lot of times, again, they don't put together the, the other parts of the body, the nutrition, the elements of uh, the, the person's mental state, um, their life situation. So anyway, so yes, there is divine healing. And um, it is simply what Jesus does. And that's what we want to get back to, is simply what Jesus says. But there are reasons I'm, uh, that people don't always get healed. 
Well, yeah. So would you say that it is, is it God's will for us to be in good health? And, and is it God's will, or is it, can we say, is it always God's will for us to be healed if, you know, if our health breaks down? Um, is it, is it, is it sometimes it's, it's not, it's God's will for us to stay sick or is it sometimes God's will for us to, to, uh, to be healed? Well, a lot of people try to make all kinds of reasoning. They reason around the sickness and the duration of the sickness and the failure to get well or receive a healing. There's a lot of demonic explanation that people think is their own mind. I'm talking to them about comforting them in the sickness. Well, it's God's will, or if it's God's will. If, or it, it's, if it's God's will, right. that's a big thing. <clears throat> or is it my, it's my cross to bear. You know, I'm mm-hmm. suffering for, um, you know, whatever. Uh, first of all, we have to go back to the true, the principle that God is good, good all the time. And if he's our father. And so you have to look at your situation as, if you're a parent, and most people, you're not a parent, you still wouldn't know what a parent would, you were parented, so... Would a really a true parent, an honorable parent, would they want their child sick? Would they give their child cancer, for example, to teach them a lesson? No, they would not. But would they take their child to the dentist to get their tooth fixed? Yes, they would. Well, both of those cause pain, but the one is for um, our betterment, you know, to protect our teeth or deal with the toothache, the root canal, whatever it is. And the second uh, thing is, is this, this ongoing, ongoing, ongoing suffering. Uh, I know a lot of very um, devout people think that they have to suffer for God. I believe God is suffering for us, actually. I don't believe God needs our suffering. I believe that we see people suffering, as in the case with Job, very good example, he suffered tremendously, but it wasn't at the hand of God. It was at the hand of Satan who required this opportunity to, to challenge God's ability to keep Job. And so he um, uh, basically asked God, requested of God, that he could test Job. And God said, okay, but you can't t- touch his body. And then the second time he said, you can't take his life. So, But in the end, God had Job pray for um, his friends who came and told him the reason he was suffering was because of his sin. And that's a lot of what we go with. People say, well, you must have sinned. You, you've got this because you're sin. you've been sinning. You've got this because you're bad. you got this because God's mad at you. you got this because God's teaching you a lesson. Uh, and all of those things distract us from the truth of the reason that God is permitting this is because Satan has petitioned it. And God is also in that permission, also promising that he will deliver us, keep us, uh, because he is faithful to complete the work he's begun in us. And we are, you know, we cannot survive without his love and protection. So, uh, you know, again, my cross to bear, suffering for, thinking you're suffering for righteousness sake. I understand, you know, Job was patient. The thing he was patient about was his that he didn't understand. He was he had many questions. For example, in in Job thirty, I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. I stand up and you and you regard me, but you have become to me a cruel one. Um, with the strength of your hand, you oppose me. So he's saying to God, you know, you're mad at me. And I think a lot of people can't get healed. They can't get delivered mentally from their torments because they believe somehow they made God mad. And they've got to, um, and they're suffering now in their physical mind or body because God is mad at them. That is uh, not true. 
God doesn't need, God is not disappointed in you because number one, he knows everything about you from the foundation of the world. And he knew this spot in the road where you'd get hit with this or that. And he knew exactly what you'd do. He's not disappointed and he's not mad at you. But what he wants from us is he wants us to just simply, like the people who came to Jesus, they came to Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. You, you, they just came to Jesus. They'd been, they were done struggling or trying to get well, and they just called out to him, and he was there for them. I think this is the main thing for all of us who are sick. Surrender it. Stop trying to get well. I mean, some people actually wear themselves out with their sickness, making themselves more sick, more tired by all the regiments they put themselves under to get well. So, yeah, now Jesus had a 100% cure rate. Right, mm-hmm. everybody that he prayed for, he didn't pray. I'm sure there were people that were ill that he chose not to pray for, or he chose not to heal. Um, well, there's he, only one I can think of that he left for John and and Peter, and that was the guy at the gate of the temple. Well, well, what I'm thinking of though is that I'm sure there were many more people sick in Galilee than were actually that he actually prayed for and were healed because he he only did what he saw the Father doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he did leave that one at the uh, beautiful gate of the temple for, you know, Peter and John and, and everything to, to come and minister to him uh, and, and bring healing. So uh, here, here's a question here. Now, Jesus said, Mark 16, uh, the, one of the signs that would follow those who believe is that they would lay hands on the sick and they would that they would recover, recover. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So in in okay, that's a pr- promise. You do that, mm-hmm. they're going to recover. James, uh, chapter five, verses fourteen through sixteen said, "Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing with oil, mm-hmm. in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord shall lift him up, raise him up. And if they've committed sins, they shall be forgiven them." And it says, confess your faults or your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So there are two procedures there that are, are said by God to, to bring about healing. Mm-hmm. Well, what about those that, you know, um, we lay hands on them and they die? Mm-hmm. What happens when the elders come and pray over someone and they get worse and they die? Mm-hmm. What do we do in those kinds of situations? Well, Why, some are some are healed and some are not. Right. This is very common and very discouraging to most people because they they see the percentage that get healed, which is, seems to be quite small. First of all, going back to the uh, commands: pray one for another, uh, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another that you be healed. I think the confessing is missing. I, I think we're the, missing a lot of that, right? Because the people, yeah. Because what are we confessing? Actually, our faults or our sins? I, I think I believe it's sins. Um, because what is a sin? A sin is a fruit. It's the fruit of believing a lie. Jesus said, "You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free." So, if truth equals freedom, lies equal bondage, and sin obviously disease, sickness. Uh, mental health issues, they're all um, poverty, they're all bondages, and either, every one of them is coming from and is rooted in, every one of those fruits is rooted in a lie. And a lot of times people will come for healing and um, we'll say, well, you didn't get healed because you don't have enough faith or mm-hmm. the preacher didn't have enough faith or somebody didn't have enough faith. But the real problem is that they were believing and still locked up in agreements 
with fear and doubt and unworthiness and unbelief uh, and and also uh, that they because of agreements we we make agreements subconsciously i don't deserve it i'm not good enough god's mad at me um healing doesn't really work i don't think this is going to happen i don't think this is going to happen or work and so we we have a lot of torment and agreements we're making at least in our minds and in our hearts with these lies and we're living out of our souls, out of these mind-heart beliefs, rather than walking in the Spirit and saying, well, this is what the Word says. This is what God says. God doesn't lie. God says He promised, da-da-da. So rather than living in the Spirit and going with what God says and knowing that God doesn't lie and knowing that God is good and standing on that, and, and by the way, when you do stand on that, believing God's good and, and truthful and isn't lying, He does keep His Word, the devil will test that as well. He may test it for years, years. I mean, um, wasn't it Smith Wigglesworth, a mighty old preacher from days gone by? He had a tremendous healing ministry, and, and people would come to his meetings, and he'd heal and pray for them, and they'd get well, and they'd all get well. And here he is praying for them, and he has terrible afflictions himself in his physical body. I think it was something like kidney stones or something like that. And so he, by by faith, he, perse- he persevered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He kept praying for these people, even though he— and what a what an attack upon his healing ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The devil was trying to discourage him. So when you need to um, really ex- prepare, Prepare yourself to present yourself to come before the Lord for this healing that you're requesting. First question you probably want to ask is, Holy Spirit, what is hindering this healing? What is the lie or lies that I'm believing? Or what are the generational sins that are being brought down upon my bloodline? Um, You know, it's very amazing if you look at the bloodlines uh, and do a, a little research on the things that your parents grandparents, great-grandparents, uncles, great-uncles, and aunts, everything, what they were doing, what they were experiencing, what they were suffering from, actually, will um, give you a good indication of exactly how the devil is going to work in your life. Uh, the, the familiar spirits um, are the demons that keep track of the generational sins that have not been confessed. That's why going back to confess your faults one to another, pray one for another, we need to confess those sins, uh, even though they're sins maybe that we did not commit. But their, their sins Satan is using, those open doors from four generations back, he's still using those to come down into your life and create problems in your own, in your own body. Can I just give an example? Um, for example, um, this is a generic example, but it's, it's a composite of, of stories um, that someone like, say, a, a grandfather uh, is suffering um, uh, from uh, alcoholism and, and drinking and, and uh, torment. And he is, um, you know, not, but, and, but he ended in, in his earlier days, he divorced his family, abandoned his family, went after a, another woman, for example, uh, an immoral woman, immoral woman. And now he's feeling guilty, guilty, guilty for what he did. And he believes he's saved. And yet he's still suffering from all the effects of the sin. It's like the salvation didn't do much good for him because he's still suffering from alcoholism, has to be even, um, you know, put in a treatment program or uh, interventions, and they're not seeming to work. And so the thing is, and now, as a result of all that, we have cirrhosis of the liver. We have something going on in his liver, and that's what exactly the Bible connects. In Proverbs, the, the, the seductress, the immoral woman going after her, mm-hmm. and the arrow stuck to, into the liver, struck liver. into the liver. Mm-hmm. And so... 
and so he's drinking to to uh, uh, deal with the pain, the guilt, the numb out those things. So he's got more than one problem going on now. Simply because now, what? Why? Because the immoral woman. Well, what was that? That was an enticing spirit, a witchcraft spirit, and it came probably it came through his generations. Because if you look one, back one more generation, you may find another uh, generation of adultery or per- sexual perversion. Or things that, that that were not dealt with. So you see these things coming down all the way down into your life, affecting your liver or your teeth or whatever. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, even for something, for example, I've got several people who've come to me from in the past. Who this is just a little tiny example, but it's very interesting. Um, uh, they they would grind their teeth in their sleep, or their teeth are being there's so much pressure that they're actually wearing their teeth out and they're breaking them and falling out and, and grinding their teeth in their sleep. And there's a spiritual root to that, um, interesting enough, and probably more than one. But one of the roots is in Ezekiel 18, where it says, um, the father's uh, teeth are set, uh, no, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. When the fathers are angry and bitter and, and hateful and not willing to acknowledge or bless their children, um, they're, they're, they've eaten sour grapes, you know, how they, they get just, uh, you know, crabby and icky and, and they're not willing to open their mouth to bless their child. Then the child, uh, their teeth are set on edge. They're uptight. They're tense. They begin to grind their teeth. That is one. Uh, that's a direct, uh, uh, spiritual, physical connection. And in the book, a case for healing, we cover a lot of those different kinds of connections, um, that people don't even think about. There's a lot of them in Proverbs and, uh, and Job, various things where people's uh, spiritual, mental, emotional decisions are affecting their physical bodies. So let's take an example here. Say if you have a, a friend or relative that's sick, okay, and you, you believe in you know, the power of the Lord to heal, you believe on the you know, laying on of hands, uh, maybe you know you believe in calling for the elders of the church to pray, and so forth. But are 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 we saying here, Marjorie, that we need to revisit this whole idea of divine healing rather than just you know laying hands on people, praying for healing from their um, you know their mm-hmm. heart heart issue or. Uh, liver issue or something like that, rather than saying, Lord, you know, heal this, heal this heart, cause this heart to function properly. Mm-hmm. Lord, heal this liver, cause this liver to function properly. Do we need to, uh, how, how is it that for, for a regular, a regular believer in Jesus, okay, um, do we have to come to the point where we do all this background research mm, on no, this person's no. generations well, in I, order to properly uh, bring about a healing? Yeah, good question. Well, the thing is, Jesus, when he did uh, the, his healed people, he first of all spent a lot of time with the Father. And second of all, he knew exactly the whole back backstory on the spiritual war between God and Satan for the souls of men. And he knew what had happened in Satan's challenge to God, to challenge God's uh, creation in us because God made us in his image and likeness. And Satan wanted to do, do, defile, defile the image of God. And so in the perfect world of paradise, there was no sickness or disease. People were, God and Eve were healthy. But then when Jesus looks at the people and saw what Satan had done to them, he had demonized them, crushed them, deform, deformed them, defiled them, filled them with leprosy, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Jesus also 
knew God's perfect will was still for them to be well and healed the way he had originally his perfect will. But because when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them a free will, he had to uh, suspend his perfect will and allow us to operate in our free will, which then requires that he must oftentimes operate in his permissive will to permit us to, I mean, uh, you want to make a bad choice or because you're believing a lie and deceived by the devil. You make the choice. The consequences, Satan brings in the demonic judgments and the consequences, and there you sit. And so we have God's permissive will. And then people, when they pray for someone, they say, well, if it's God's will, which basically is a cop-out mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's only one time that God wants, you know, a sickness unto death, for example, and that would be when he wants to take them home, if indeed he even needs to use a sickness to do that, which he really doesn't. And so I don't believe it's God's will that we be sick. Uh, you look in the Bible, the old guys, they lived long, long, long. Most of them didn't get sick. Um, it, it, there's there's issues. Obviously, we have a world of examples. And um, I think Paul left one of his guys back, back at the ranch sick for a while, Epaphras or whatever his name was. But he got better. Um, and so when we say it's God's will, if it's God's will, that is really just covering your own little tail. Because the thing is, you don't have, it's not what you do. It's your obedience. Jesus was obedient. He said, lay hands. Well, I just lay hands on you and I anoint you with oil. You confess your sins. We ask God to restore his love and the revelation of his love to you. Because that's the missing piece right there, that you are loved and the, and the revelation of God's love. So understand this that God is working all the time to de- deliver us from evil, but at the same time, he's, he's, he's constrained to operate in his permissive will because of our free will. And a lot of times, Satan takes total advantage of that and r- runs us through the, 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 the mill of d- disease and destruction. So let me just, one more thing on that question. If you are, you know, you don't have to do a thorough background check on everybody to get them healed. However, when um, I do counseling, we do check out and do a lot of of that work uh, to go back, to confess the sins, to um, uh, identify the connections, connect the dots, so to speak, on what's going on. But at the same time, um, if someone would come to me and pray for, ask for prayer for healing, this is how I would do it. I would say to them, what's your name? They'd give me their name. And I would say to them, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So then I would say to them, Jesus, son of God, what do you want to do for uh, so-and-so? And um, he would say, well, if they came up for prayer for healing of their back, he would say, heal their back. And he'd say that to them. And then i say, well, what's Jesus want to do? Well, he wants to heal my back. Okay, so Jesus, tell us, take us, what, what is the lie? What is the lie that uh, Patricia... Or, is is believing that um or for example and 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 he will bring he said my sheep know my voice again so i say what what's coming to your understanding what's the lord showing you what's the lie well i'm afraid or i'm bad or it's not going to work or whatever the lie might be and then i will say jesus will you show them where they first believe the lie and he might at that point take them to a memory or a theme of memories or even there may be something already manifesting in their body. Sometimes these, these healings require a deliverance, and there is a manifestation of something mm-hmm. going on in mm-hmm. the mind, in the head, the dizziness, spinning, stomach aches, feel like I can throw up, something like that. And so I, then I would say, okay, Lord, what's the truth? What was the lie that they believed in that memory? And um, it's, it's never going to get better, or I'm in trouble, or whatever. And then um, we, uh, um, we what, so what's the truth? The truth is that 
Jesus was there. What did he say? What did he, what's the truth he wants you to know? And then when he shows them that, that's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so once they get the revelation of Jesus Christ, they realize that this is not their fault. And by the way, we're not here to blame the generations past. They had just the same problems we did, only they were first in line to get those problems. We're not here to find blame or fault with my grandma or grandpa because that's not the solution to the problem. The solution so, is to know what happened so we can confess it. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not a matter of blame, it's a matter of understanding. Right. And this is why people Jesus understood everything and that's why he knew the demons. He he knew that the demons knew him. He a lot of what he did in healing was deal with the demons. And they said, We know you are the son of God. He said, Be quiet. So he knew everything and also the other reason why Jesus had a hundred percent cure rate, so to speak is because when he came to the person and he, he says he bore our sicknesses, he took our infirmities. Mm-hmm. So literally, when he was praying for these people, um, he, was t- he says, I'll take that. I'll take that backache. I'll take that, uh, that, that blindness. I'll take that, um, that issue of blood. I will take it because I'm going to pay for it at the cross in a few days. It's mine. And so Satan had to give it up because he couldn't, he couldn't hold on to them anymore because Jesus was taking it and he was taking the penalty for them. And that's why they got healed. There's a danger here. Um, there's, I know there's some people that say, well, they would take someone else's diseases. No, I know. So you know what I'm saying? I, and Satan is more than happy to give you those diseases, but he's uh, not going to, you cannot make a deal with the devil mm. to get him to take, to take it off your child and put it on you. Don't even do that. That's, don't. that's nice mm. to, you're so sacrificial, you're so loving, but that's really stupid. Please don't do that. We, we, because it, even, you know, I'm your armor bearer, I'm your shield bearer, I'll take it for you, I'll take the hits for you, stop it. You're not a martyr, that's not what God's called you to be the martyr of. Jesus bore our sicknesses right. and disease. Not he us. bore mm-hmm. our shame. Mm-hmm. He, he's got that. And yeah. it says, we have to keep in mind that, that Jesus said in Isaiah 53, by his stripes, by his wounds, we were healed. We right. are healed. Yes. So the, the healing has been provided in what the theologians call in the atonement, when Jesus exactly. he bore our sicknesses and mm-hmm. diseases, uh, our our sin, our shame, our sicknesses, right. our diseases, all were laid on him. That's right. That's uh, right. Uh, he took you know, care of it. He paid the price, the mm-hmm. penalty completely. And so Satan just wants to rebuild you for something that's already been paid for. And if we're dumb enough to... To pay it again because we don't know. I'm sorry, we're dumb, but you know, I mean, sometimes you get double bills for something and you didn't. You, you do it. You pay it again because you think, well, I must owe it. But the the thing is, uh, in the book, a case for healing, an examination of our life with Christ, we have. I, I give a, a a background understanding of the first of all the what happened, what really the great confusion about healing. And is it God's will? Yes. You know, but, but you know, healing is a very controversial subject in the church. And I don't even know if the church even talks about healing much anymore. They're just to, so busy doing other things. And, but healing is a very, very essential, essential. He said he gave gifts of healings, um, you know, more than one, that people could walk in the miraculous uh, demonstration of God's power and love. Yeah. And, and I know I have friends personally that it's, it just seems like there's, there's a lot of physical and spiritual healings that happen through their ministry, through mm-hmm. their prayers. So, so there are these, these are, are I think the gifts, gifts of he, God wants to bring healing to yeah. people just to regular believers. But then there are people that I, I would say that have special gifts. They're, they're right, and then they're also they're special certain diseases. It seems like some people maybe just have a let's put it this way a great track record for praying for people. 
with uh, cancer, for example, yeah. or, or, or back aches. And, and God just gifts them and, and works through them to, mm-hmm. to accomplish that. Well, According I think to this shows purposes. us that the people, God was merciful to the people who came to Jesus. They didn't have to understand. He didn't give them a big, long lecture about why they're sick and, and the sins of the generations and da-da-da. He just understood it all, took, took it all. But I also know, on the other hand, there are many, many people who sit, 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 Christians in their sickness, in their sickness, in their disease, in their pain, and they, they get more and more dis- discouraged by it. They get it's consumed by it. It becomes their, their disposition. They're now seeing themselves as sick or as, uh, I have cancer, or they, they, they begin to take on the identity of the sickness or the disease or the pain, or the, and, and then they get discouraged and they say, well, how come it doesn't happen for me if it happens for somebody else? You know, am I less than? Or, and, and sometimes, you know, people who aren't very holy or whatever, they get healed, and the people who are super holy and they're suffering, and what's the deal here? Um, there's a lot of explanations, and they're not all simple, and they're not all straightforward as far as, well, it's this or it's that. It's it's a matter of you know believing things. It's a matter of being tested. It's a matter of Satan's challenge to God about you. But the bottom line, and I would really recommend that you know you start by looking at a case for healing, because we um, we talk about really a lot of those first primary basic principles like who am I? Who is God? What happened? Um, you know, what about suffering? Uh, what about, and then in the second half of the book, we get into the practical stuff of the specific root causes of physical diseases, which probably we should do another show on that. But the thing is, um, because there's so much to this subject, but on the people who are taking on the identity of their sickness, giving up, being discouraged, um, sitting day after day after day in their loneliness and their abandonment in their houses, wondering where's God, they, the, the bottom line the bottom line, people, the bottom line on all of this, on whatever the tragedy, is that you know that you are loved by God. Love heals us. Truth frees us. Love heals us. The love of God, even the love is demonstrated by other people, is sometimes as given to us through people. God's love given through people is enough to bring encouragement and healing to know that I am lovable, I'm worthy, I'm not forgotten. And, and what about, Marjorie, the people that, in a sense, claim or identify with their diseases. And I've heard people referring to, you know, uh, my fibromyalgia, my my, Mm -hmm. uh, diabetes, my heart condition, my cancer. So they're they're accepting it. And even if you hear, if you watch TV, you you hear people talking about identifying with their particular disease. Well, like, right. Like it's, this is, mm-hmm. this is mine. This is, yeah, exactly. What's well, a lot of problems with that? Well, here's the deal. We are to be identified by our father mm-hmm. who created us. We are made in his image. We come from heaven. That's our origin. That's our, that's our destiny destination. Um, but when we came to this planet, because Satan is the God of this world, he changed the rule from being to doing. So he now defines us by what we do or by what we have. I have depression. I, I'm, I am right. depressed. Whenever you, whenever you say I am and whatever you hook onto that, you have owned. You've come into an agreement mm-hmm. with it and whatever it all brings with it. It's the wagon. I am depressed. You've just hooked onto your life a cart with depression. And, and named depression, and in that depression has many, un, um, you know, 
items in the cart. You know, for example, I can't get up in the morning. I don't like, you know, life is too hard and I'm, you know, miserable and, you know, I'm worried and all these things. But anyway, depression basically is a condition uh, that comes from trying to solve the irresolvable conflict and the irresolvable conflicts of life um, wear us out, and that brings fatigue, which brings chemical imbalances, which brings uh, a message to your hypothalamus to try harder to get this figured out. All of this is biologically connected. That's why our sicknesses, our mental agreements, our agreements with sin or the generational agreements with sin open us up to physical um, can, uh, agreements and your body is now put under pressure. Your uh, immune system, your uh, uh, fight and flight system. There are uh, your and, and then there's a third category people don't talk about, and that's the system of injustices that create sickness in people. So again, a case for healing. Um, you can get it at liferecovery.com, and actually, if you go to the store, you'll find it uh, identified as a manual, life, the, a, a case for healing manual. But it's not a manual anymore. We're switching around, uh, but you, but we've just literally published this book a month ago, a week ago, I think it was. So if you order the book, the, the manual, you'll get the book because the book is much more thorough, same price, um, but more information. So uh, liferecovery.com, simple, simple. Um, just go there. It's, it's, it, and it's, it's a beginning of understanding uh, a whole new way of looking at sicknesses and diseases. And of course, this is not comprehensive, but what I do is it's pretty specific in some areas. Uh, and like I said, um, identifying the spiritual root causes of physical diseases, I think we'll do a show or two, actually, probably, on that, maybe in the coming weeks, maybe even next week. What about the man at the uh, <clears throat> Pool of Bethesda? He, he'd been there what, a long time. Was it 38 years? Yep. 38 years he'd been there. He was crippled. He was hoping uh, to get in the pool. <clears throat> That supposedly there were there's an angel supposedly that troubled the waters and the first one that got in um, was was purportedly to be healed. That was his that was his hope. And then Jesus came along and and and, and spoke to him and, and brought healing to him. And then he said, "Behold, you are made whole. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you." So in, in, evidently mm-hmm. there was his life of sin or some some kind of sin you know generational his own sin had brought him into that condition but he said sin no more now here here's another aspect of this and maybe we can close with this today um what about you know there's people that say okay you're healed but now you've got to keep your healing you you you're you're in danger of losing your healing what are you going to do Okay, when he said, first of all, that's an interesting story, the guy of 38 years, and Jesus said, do you want to be well? And the guy never answered him. The guy just made an excuse as to why he wasn't getting well, because I can't get into the pool because his magic fix was the pool. Um, And I don't understand the angel troubling the water and blah, blah, blah. I don't really understand that. There was some miraculous... Could have been just a myth. It could have been. It could have been a lot of things. But the guy, so Jesus healed him. And then he said, don't tell anyone. And the, and the guy basically went and told people, um, uh, and he got in trouble. I think he told him not to tell. But anyway, um, he, he, he was instrumental in Jesus getting in trouble uh, several days later. 
Uh, and so this guy, I would say he got healed even though he had a bad attitude and he was ungrateful, but Jesus was good. God was good. And so God did that for him, healed him. But when he said, go and sin no more, he was basically saying, go and don't come into an agreement with that lie anymore, whatever that lie was. I don't know. Sin, because it was producing sin in his life. I think the sin was the, the bitterness. I really think it was bitterness. Uh, don't be bitter anymore. Stop, you know, forgive, 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 forgive. Key, key absolute key. We haven't even talked about it. The key to healing is forgiveness. <clears throat> and so um, forgiving yourself, forgiving others, and allowing, asking God to forgive you, and receiving God's forgiveness for the sin that you were tricked into doing. Instead of saying, well, it's my cross to bear. I made a bad choice. I deserve it. Um, blah, blah, blah. Stop telling yourself lies. And that's what sin does. It, it can be a sin of, of just simply believing lies, because that will produce the sin in your life. So Jesus says, stop believing or identifying with he said that to the woman too, go and sin no more. Why? Because she was identifying herself as a harlot or a prostitute or an adulteress. And he said, stop believing that. Don't believe that anymore. Know who you are and you won't even want to sin. What would you say to the person that has experienced a healing, yet they have been you know, warned subtly or overtly, you know, keep your healing. Don't lose your healing. Well, you, you know, And some people are thinking, I've heard people say this, God healed me, but somehow I lost my healing. Yeah, that's very common. I did something, common. and my healing is gone. What would you say to that person? Well, I'd say, first of all, your th- theology is messed up because you think you have to do something to be healed, and you think you have to do something to keep your healing. Your healing is kept by the grace and the goodness of God, and what he wants you to do is not, you know, that's a liar, a spirit that comes in and says, okay, now I'm afraid I the post-traumatic stress or the trauma drama of being sick for so long comes back, that spirit, that thought comes back into your mind and says, oh no, what if I lose it or what do I have to do to keep it? And so he sets you up again to be all uptight, striving, tense, distressed, uh, on guard, aware, afraid, afraid, big word. Pressured. pressured. <clears throat> and then you try to fix it. Why don't you just be okay and say, you know, Lord, my healing, you gave it to me. You'll have to keep it for me. Thank you. That's so simple. God, it's up to you. It's your problem. I'm your problem. I'm your daughter. I'm your son. You've got to take care of it. I can't do this. I'm no match for the devil. I can't outsmart him. And basically, most of us are just being outsmarted by the devil uh, when we get sick. And and so this is a big, this is people, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where people finally start to pay attention to their spiritual life when their physical body is falling apart. And I'm going to end with this thing, telling you that your body does not lie to you. Your, you know, your mouth may lie to you. You may believe lies in your mind and in your heart, but your physical body when it starts to send out distress signals, your thyroid is f- falling apart. Your uh, your your fi- the, the fibromyalgia or the the muscles in your bones and your back, uh, your body, your feet, um, your liver, your kidneys—they're dysfunctioning. They're sending you a message. They're not trying to rebel against you. They're not trying to hurt you. God made you one. God made our body to fit together, to love, and to and to be in harmony with itself. And yet, when we begin to believe these. Uh, lies. Um, it's up to me. Uh, I don't deserve healing. Um, uh, you know, I've got to take care of myself. We believe these lies. You can believe them, but your body is going to say, no, 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 I can't do this anymore. I can't take this anymore. It's too much. So please, when your body is talking to you, uh, falling apart, getting diabetes, getting whatever, please, it's not just a random nothing. It is a very specific thing that your body is telling you. So it's very, it behooves you to sit down and say, okay, body, okay, Jesus, 
what's my body trying to tell me here that I am avoiding or not paying attention to? And God will begin to show you. And again, in the book, A Case for Healing, we um, do go into several of these specific diseases quite in depth. And not all of them. I can't, obviously, the book would have been 500 pages long, and I still wouldn't have covered the whole thing. But it's a very good resource in the beginning uh, study on on uh, getting some real good background and some specifics on the spiritual root causes. And actually, we haven't even talked about uh, a lot of things that um, might be more uh, advantageous to read. So thank you for listening today. And again, um, we just ask you to t- check out the book. Um, it's 15 bucks. It's not much. Uh, Case for Healing, liferecovery.com. Um, and we're here to help. And if you have questions about specific uh, ailments and issues, we would invite you to um, send your uh, questions. Email us at info at liferecovery.com. And uh, we will maybe pick those up on later shows as to maybe to kind of talk about your specific thing um, to give you some help and also help others as we do that. So, Father, we thank you so much for giving us this wonderful opportunity for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to be healed. And Father, we do pray in the name of Jesus Christ for these people who are sick, who are listening, to be healed, that you lift off the spirits of oppression. We come against the powers of darkness. We come against the spirits of sickness and disease and torment. We come against the spirit of fear. We come against illness and infirmity. We command all these spirits that have blocked and locked and pinched and bound and hit and, and punished and persecuted and torment. We cut you off in the name of Jesus Christ by the sword of the word of God, which is able to separate even to the dividing of bone and marrow, thought and intention, soul and spirit. We command the spirits of oppression, illness, infirmity, and sickness to be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. And we release the revelation of the love of God for each one who is listening. Father, that you'd reveal yourself to them in such a marvelous and magnificent uh, and undeniable way that they would be completely relieved of this burden and, and whatever it is in Jesus' name, that they would rejoice in you and walk in the better way in the fullness of the, of the life you died to give them, Father, in Jesus' name. And for all of us, we say amen. Amen and amen. Join us next week, for maybe part two. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.